Hello, and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick. The world is increasingly technological, so we have better get methodical. Bringing precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of a modern monocle. Stopping the copyright police from pulling the wool on us. Facing and taking on all the plate to pay to troll. Document the ways that they aim to take control. Scrutinizing through their lies and make them fold. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. One of the most common refrains that we hear all the time these days is that if you're not paying for it, you're the product. This is especially popular among people who I regularly agree with on other things, but I find it not just to be too simplistic a statement, but generally I think it's a wrong one. The theory is that if you're not paying for a service, that probably means that the service is collecting data on you and then monetizing it through advertisements or selling the data in some other form. And thus you, by which they really mean some of your data, is the product. But even that is simplified and not totally accurate. These services are offering up a service that you find valuable and you are using it because the trade-offs, generally speaking, of sharing some of your information with the service in order to get that service without paying any money is a worthwhile trade-off. There is a legitimate argument that users don't always have enough information concerning that trade-off and thus because of that information asymmetry, they're unable to make an informed decision about the trade-off, but even that feels kind of exaggerated. Yes, more transparency would be better, and letting users have more insight into how their information is being used would be handy, but overall, I still think that the phrase is both misleading and wrong. First, there's a wide area of spectrum between customer and product. Not paying for a service doesn't shoot you all the way from one end to the other end of that spectrum automatically. Second, the implication that when you're the product rather than the customer, it means that the company is going to treat you and your information poorly just doesn't seem to be supported in real life. If you ask people about the services that they hate the most, they are often the ones that people pay for. Uh, Things like broadband connection, TV service, or mobile phone service. And yet when you look at surveys of services that people love and get good value out of, they frequently include services that users get for free, things like Facebook, Twitter, and Google. Now, some may argue that the users of these services are being duped because these services are free and they don't realize what they're giving off. But I think there's a simpler explanation, which is that these services being free actually have even more reason to focus on user satisfaction since it's even easier for users to just go away and try something different. There's no lock-in at all, unlike services that you pay for. So the incentives are often for free services to actually treat their users even better. So today I wanted to discuss this idea and see if we could come to a resolution over whether or not there's any validity at all to the argument that if you're not paying for a service, you are the product. So with me, as per usual, we have Dennis Yang and Hirsch Reddy, and I should note that both of you are doing this for free, so I guess that means today you guys are the product, right? (laughs) We are the product. (laughs) We're all the product here. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a more highly reviewed product. Than this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I mean, taking your opening, wait, just so I understand what you just said. Okay. You said that the, the users <laughs> users are satisfied with products that they don't pay for. 
Yes. And, and that makes them not the product. But I guess well, I, I, I'm not. I, I, it feels so like a straw I, I think man. The, so, okay. All right. That, that's fair enough. So, yeah. I, so I, I, I did stretch it a little bit, right? So the, okay. the saying is, if you're not paying for it, you're the product. But the implication of it, it's the implication of that statement. Is the paying is is that is if if you're the product, yeah. that means that the company is going to treat you terribly, and you're sort of a disposable asset that they want to squeeze as much information out of you and make as much money out of you as possible. And then sort of move it's, on. It's possible I mean, that your incentives are not aligned. Um, may, maybe and I, I don't, I don't, I don't actually agree with that. I think that the the statement that you are the product. I mean, I think I was I was looking up the history of that statement. Uh-huh. Um, I guess Richard Serra, before kind of before the internet even existed, had made like an art project that said like television, the talking about television, and saying that the the audience is the product that is being delivered to the to the advertisers. Mm-hmm. Right, and that was kind of his. That was the statement. I think that then the the sentiment was kind of echoed later in Metafilter and whatnot. But I mean, to 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 kind of equate user satisfaction with whether or not you're the product, I think is a false okay. kind of correlation. I mean, I think if anything, it, to discuss those business models slightly, like the the reason why people are dissatisfied with Comcast or the cable companies and your cell phone providers are, is because the incentives are not actually for your cable companies or your cell phone provider to make you satisfied right. they're to make you no, so, not so, cancel and, right? we, and so. we totally agree okay. but but you know and i think that but the argument when people say if you're right. not paying for it you're the product they're arguing that the incentive is for the companies to treat you badly and sure. and, I, no, and, and to prioritize the the needs of the advertisers no. over exactly over you. Yeah. and that's that's what they're saying right no the, look when you when you are using a free service mm-hmm. the Service has two sets of customers. They have the advertisers or whoever is buying the data, or whatever, and they have the users. Yes. And some most of the times, both those customers, their incentives are in the same direction, a better service or whatever whatever it mm-hmm. is. I mean, it basically building a better service is good for the advertisers because you'll have more users looking at their ads. Right. Right. I mean, so they're going down the same pathway. But every once in a while there's a type of customer that isn't exactly an advertiser. It could be someone who is Who's uh, paying for uh, you know whatever uh, promotional links or something to some product to be bought or whatever it is something that that gets in the way of the product and that's so the that's, time where one where... one type of customer might be prioritized over the other and guess who's going to be prioritized the one who's paying money who in this case is the do you, do you think that's true I think a lot of times that is true but it really kind of depends on you have to weigh it right. If you have five billion customers mm-hmm. and you have one tiny little company asking for something annoying, <laughs> they're not going to risk the five billion customers over a one million dollar deal. That doesn't make any sense. But if someone offers five billion dollars, they might start thinking about it. It's a question of how much is each of those users worth, right? Most of these companies now do these calculations, which which which, which value how much each viewer that they have on their website, how much they're worth, right? And so. If the amount of money that someone's offering to annoy these customers isn't uh, commensurate with the value of those customers, then you might you might think about it. I mean, I mean, the, so that's I think probably what people mean when they say that you're the product. They do. I think maybe the product is the wrong word. You are the livestock. You know how a farmer. <laughs> that's he, worse. No, but, that's, but 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 that's more a better exactly, analogy. 
But that's exactly what they're saying. Product and livestock and in, in that in your in, that's in that, in that sense, I think I think those people would agree with that. I think they would agree with your statement totally. And I think they would find lives considering the people to be livestock to be demeaning and and, and, to, and to the end result is that you're going up, yeah. to be slaughtered. Well, well, okay. Let's say not all livestock is slaughtered, right? Like sheep are sh- they're, the wool is shorn, right? Like you're like basically you're, you're, you're like you're, you're basically a, a yeah, fur animal. You're an alpaca. I don't want to say sheep because sheep has a bad connotation. You're basically a bunch of alpaca, right? And you have to be taken care of. And then they're gonna every once in a while they're gonna they're shave gonna walk you. around and they're gonna sh- they're gonna shear you for your eyeballs for your for your for your viewership, right? Uh. That's that's essentially what it is. And you can't. Beat the alpacas and and have your herd of alpacas thin, right? They're, they're kind of jerks. I don't know if you've been with one. Yeah, but, but that's <laughs> sore users. I mean, they users. Like, <laughs> so maybe plus. this analogy really works. No, yeah. but it's he much better than because product implies something that just sits statically on a shelf, right? Okay. Like these yeah. alpacas are going to get annoyed. They're going to spit at the admins, right? They're going to they're going to run to the neighboring field if your field isn't nice. And and I, and I think that so. I mean, maybe a better analogy. I think instead of saying that you are the product, mm-hmm. I actually. Ne- I think media is the marketplace that connects a two-sided market of advertisers yeah. and you know consumers, right? And uh, readers. Sure. I don't, um, I don't think it's a two-sided market if the readers aren't paying though. No, no but they no, are. They're paying, they're paying with, with attention. Their attention, right? right? They're paying with their attention and yeah. and their engagement, right? Yeah. And and that's a form of payment too. Yeah. And I think that that to view it as a two-sided marketplace versus like a store mm-hmm. where you're the product sitting on a shelf is a much better analogy. I, I, I think that that is that's yeah. completely valid, right? And because you know the 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 product the sort of you know product consumer model is one that's entirely one sided, right? And the right. exchange is just you know and that, this and for that, that. Right. Whereas what you're talking about is is much more accurate, I think, where it's you know there's sort of an ongoing exchange taking place and, right. and you want to make both sides of that marketplace happy. Yeah. Otherwise you don't have that marketplace anymore. Right. Right? And without either side, it doesn't work. Right? right. So, and it's actually more complicated than two sides. It's more like three sides. All right. Let's, places. let's go deeper. The, the third side is the fact that there's, there's, there's a, uh, a content creator, mm-hmm. right? There's the advertiser, there's the admins or content creators or moderators, or in the case of uh, Twitter, the celebrity, person who wants to be followed, who's developing an audience, right? So there's like three people. And again, the incentives are not aligned. Right? The, the incentives are aligned? Are not aligned all the time. Right. Sometimes but, they but, are. But many times they are. Many times right. they are. I would say, we could say 99% of the time they're probably aligned. But that 1% where they're not aligned, there's a lot of grief trying to figure out who should get the priority. So, for example, with users on Reddit, the whole hullabaloo around how much power moderators should have mm-hmm. to... Um, to, to essentially moderate what kind of posts there are that show up in um, in in a particular subreddit, right? Or or in the case of uh, um, places like YouTube, uh, you know, the ability of someone who creates a video to censor um, derivative products of, I mean, derivative works based on that uh, YouTube video, or or their ability to censor comments. I, I think you know, for the most part, YouTube is actually very protective towards their creators. So. Um, trying to think of another place like for example if you if you go to twitter mm-hmm. right like what what kind of uh rights do the audience have versus the people who are the mass tweeters right like I mean, yeah i mean I, twitter's difficult because i'm not sure where you're going with that i'm just saying they're not always online so if you give the moderator as, you give as the a moderator, twitter as a twitter reader 
I don't how really I, use Twitter that much, so I don't even know. As a Reddit, how, fine. As a Reddit reader, how yeah. am I? How how am I being deprioritized in that? Oh, because if you give the moderator the ability to basically, uh, essentially punish posts, shadow ban somebody, I mean that doesn't feel good for a reader. That's basically, it's it's for the moderator. The, the, it's powers the, for the moderator. Sure, but the subreddit is is seems better. It's a higher quality as a reader. Uh, it, it might Isn't be that your job reason. as a moderator to make to sure. make sure that the content I mean, is what could, I want? You could argue that yeah, that that helps the. Um, that helps. That's why I am. At least I some of the users. Yeah, but but I mean, does it? Would, would it stand for all the kinds of moderator actions that happen? I mean, the real way to do it then would basically say if a if, if a subreddit gets really popular, then people yeah. should be able to vote for the moderators they want and depose a moderator and make what, it. Who for, does, it who should does be that for help? the community. It helps the community. They'd want to stay. Like if there's a very popular subreddit like our politics, then every all the users should be able to say this moderator is doing a bad job, and they would take a vote. And say yeah. we're going to get rid of him and put a new moderator. Maybe he'll do a better job, right? That those kinds of things would help the community, but you, those aren't the kinds of things. They give some powers to moderators that aren't necessarily only for the, the sake of making the community better, right? It's right, but in, I mean, the theory is though that the moderators are supposed to be taking into account the best interests mm -hmm. of the community, and that doesn't always happen. And that's that's an issue. And, and you could certainly see like a competitor Reddit come up with a. Uh, you know, a model that is more like that is a right. more yeah. democratic. I'll call it upvoting, <laughs> or, or or whatever. I mean, you can call it democracy, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. I mean, so, there's a, there's a ton of stuff like that, right? Like, I mean, there's even on YouTube, mm -hmm. there's certain powers that that um, you could see people wanting to give uh, people that create content that isn't necessarily in the interest of um, the viewers. I mean, so I, I I mean, so let's take a step back. I mean, I think what yeah. we're saying is that, uh, you know. Advertising is one of those things, by the in, way. In, in, in a, lot of, a lot of these fields, there are multiple parties with different interests. And sometimes they're aligned yeah. and sometimes they're not. And the question is, what happens when those interests are not aligned? Yeah. I mean, I, so I think that, you know, going back to the actual original statement, which is you are the product, mm -hmm. I, I'm totally okay with that statement um, in that, like, you are the product that's being kind of shepherded across this marketplace but that doesn't mean that you're not going to be cared for, right? You're the apocalypse. Yeah. You're, uh, uh, you, are, yeah. you are the product. You are, you are a willing participant in this exchange of attention for money, you know, and you, as, as, you know, in exchange for your attention, you're getting content. Right, and you're also mm -hmm. getting some content. Right, I mean, there's there's for. there's clear trade-offs, right, and yeah. people are valuing those trade-offs and making the decision as to whether or not it's worth it to them. And I think in many cases they're deciding yeah. that it absolutely is worth it to them, and that's how these markets work, right? Right, and you are allowed to take your attention elsewhere. Right, and and people do, and yeah. if they get upset, they will. Yeah, and and so, I, I mean, maybe that's it, right? I mean, maybe. And I, I, but I, but at the same in the same vein, I don't think that the statement that you are the product is any less valid because I think that what that's trying to draw attention to is that so here here's what I think Richard Sarah or, or the people that say the statement are mm -hmm. trying to state is that you may think that this is just a simple exchange between you and the content creator right so in the case of YouTube and, and Twitter I think that's a little bit different it's more complicated but in this case it's like of commercially curated content right yeah. so you're going to television or you're going whatever you're you're you're, you're consuming content that is created for you if you believe that you are the only part, two participants in that exchange, you are wrong, and you need to open your eyes and see that your attention is actually not what the content creator wants, but your attention is actually being traded to the advertiser who is actually ultimately giving the content creator money, 
right? Yeah. And I think that complication in that exchange is what people are trying to surface when they are... It's, it's, it is an alarmist statement saying you are the product. It right. feels bad, right? Yeah. And, and, and I, so I, I, I think, yeah, I think you're making a really valid point in that it is a way to sort of shock people into recognizing yeah. that there are other interested parties involved in the, yeah. in the transaction. What's the real value of that? Of bringing in that to light, I think. I think to some extent. I mean, most users, maybe not at a conscious level, but I think they. I think they definitely people understand the difference between a YouTube and a Vimeo, right? Like, like you I, know when you I go think, there. You I think. I mean, a paid service versus a free service, right? Like you. But what people I think are are trying to maybe shock people is like, look at you spending all of your time on Facebook, creating content, consuming content. Look at look at what's happening, right? Right. Like, um, and I mean, there's even you know, there's even more pejorative concepts where people talk about like, oh, like, oh, you're just on Facebook, you're a digital surf, right? Yeah, you're no, you're and, providing all this information that, for the right. benefit of Facebook, yes. but not really for your own benefit. And I think that it's interesting that this statement came to light in the television era when content was created by companies. And then now it's, I think it resonates even more when content is, is user created. You know, yeah. the, the digital surf them, it's like, whoa, the marketplace is actually not even... Like the the media company is not even creating the content anymore. They're not paying. They're not paying content creators for this. They're just you're just creating free content on Facebook to be consumed, and then you're like you're not getting anything from it. Anything from it. I mean, you guys know I'm very active on Facebook, and I do like a lot of posts. And yeah, and how, and how much have you made from that? Zero. <laughs> but if you think about it, I mean, I obviously get some kind of a psychic benefit from it, right? Or else right. I wouldn't do it. And and it's just like it's enjoyable to just see people upvote stuff. So do you? Like, I don't do need you money care? Do you feel exploited? Do you care yeah. that Facebook makes money from your effort? I, I guarantee you, the total amount of money Facebook has made off of my posts, even though like I've had yeah. popular posts, is is probably on the order of a few dollars. Like how many? How much are they going to make? Like at most twenty bucks. I mean, what? What it do is? Do you I mean? care? I don't want my share so, of twenty bucks. So let's say, <laughs> let's say, just just for the sake of argument, let's say it was. Twenty thousand dollars or two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> I, I want. <laughs> give me some of that money. <laughs> so that's okay. So that's yeah, I, that's I mean, the question, right? And so I think, I, but, no, I, but but I actually think that's an important that's point what it because is. because a, a few things. One is that I think a lot of people overestimate how much mm-hmm. Facebook or Google or whoever actually does make from them, and and they assume mm-hmm. that it is a lot more money. Yeah. But and then in some cases it may be a lot more money, and then there are these questions about are they being treated fairly? Because they made this trade-off where they gave all that content for free, and yet Facebook was able to make a lot of money from them. So let's just calculate, right? Like I have a video on Facebook that got like I think the most the most popular video I did was like 500 views, maybe, right? Mm-hmm. And what is a typical payment per view that you think you get? You probably get like a cent or something, right? Per view? Yeah. No. Not yeah, even. Less. Like much less. So much it's, less. it's probably like five cents then for that video, right? But that but, they made. And they sure. didn't even show any advertising on it. And thank you, by the way, Facebook, for not putting advertising on my But video. how many... So I think you're looking at it the wrong way, right? It's right. Not, not the views of your content that they're monetizing. Yeah. They're monetizing views into their app and views into the website. Sure, right. but that's, and, and but that's fractional and across part everyone of, who makes content. But, part but, of but the you're ecosystem. part of that ecosystem, yeah. right? And it's like, you, you know, no offense, like you dominate my Facebook feed, right? When I log into Facebook, I see mm-hmm. Hirsch posts constantly. And... You know, I like it because they're they're kind of ent- interesting and entertaining. Right. But you're part of the reason why I'm going to Facebook, and any money that Facebook is making is right. partially due to you. 
So I think I think viewing it by number of page number of views of your content of is your, the wrong math. Yeah. I think how many friends do you have, and how many times do they look at their okay, so app, that, that and how many sense. times they look at their website so, every day. So right? let's let's do this exercise. The most I typically get on average uh, in terms of likes, no, not your looks, but it's not 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 your likes. Let's let's say let's say that people on average like a post of mine after they view it and enjoyed it maybe once in ten times, right? At most, I get like. No, but you're again, this the, is not this it, is yeah. not what we're we're not yeah. talking about your content. It's, it's not about yeah. It, no, but, but like it's when not you about your content. It's <laughs> about how many times people. So how many times your friend? So how many times you look at Facebook every day and call it ten? No, I understand what you're saying. You're saying right? I, I I you are contributing to the fabric of content that is streaming. The other five hundred friends that I have exactly. I, yeah, I, I understand that. And all of those views are because people like you are posting content. Right, and it's not right. each so you, individual. So you ag- aggregate all of those together, and yeah. it's creating this okay, farm of content. Right. Sure. <laughs> we're let's, going back to the farm well, analogy. Let's do it this way. Then you can value it this way. So the total revenues of Facebook divided by the total users they have. Yeah. Right, and w- what would that come out yeah, to? Like a few bucks a user? It's not. It's not huge. Yeah, I mean they have a billion users now, right? So, and I don't know how much money they're making, but that's a, that's the point, right? It's not huge, but it's a little bit of revenue from every single person. So And and then there's but then there's the argument of, you know, should they ever be giving any of that money back? Yeah. To the users it won't be material unless you're like a very from a very poor country. <laughs> that that those billions divided by a billion users are, are not going to it's yeah. going to be like maybe that, every quarter 5 bucks or something. And that's maybe like the that's the very different content model that Facebook has versus YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. So YouTube has stars that they actively cultivate, you know, paying back mm-hmm. and paying and making their YouTube stars and stars that are that are making good money now. Right? Yes, um, Facebook is not that channel, which is very interesting. So. But but they also don't have. I mean, I, I'm never gonna get if I if I got five million people to interact with my posts, then I might be like, oh, okay, I should get something for this. But and no, that's but what the YouTube guys do. The guys who get paid yeah. are have millions or at least half a million users. But right. there are Facebook users who get that kind of traffic. Really? Yeah. I think they probably do get paid in some way then. I would assume. I mean, even the people on Twitter and Instagram get paid a but lot. But the thing is, the, the thing is, the thing people. is also to me, it's like, why, why should it be like Facebook necessarily? It's paying you. If you're getting 5 million visitors to your Facebook feed, you will have other ways to make money, right? Because yeah. you have that attention and you can use that to direct people to a Kickstarter or a Patreon mm-hmm. or, you know, or, you know what tip jar i mean anything who knows uh it, it could be all sorts of stuff somebody somebody was just telling me that the top instagram and top twitter users just get free stuff and get paid to promote stuff in their feeds yes right? yep yeah and all the time sometimes breaking yeah. fdc rules but that's a but i don't think facebook is that platform i think instagram yeah, yeah instagram, instagram it's more and instagram and, and twitter. youtube yeah and vine probably i mean those are more mass media yeah. platforms facebook is like a one to one, one yeah though i mean there is some public elements to facebook as well but not it doesn't yeah. feel like as many as instagram and twitter and youtube yeah i don't know if that's true i mean just because of the sheer number of users on facebook i think on facebook if you have a very popular page you actually pay facebook to, to, to reach your cuts, yeah, yeah. To reach your customers. oh yeah, you can do yeah. They they then they're always pushing that these days. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I mean, I I think so. Yeah, I think Dennis, you pushed me back a little bit away from like hating the statement <laughs> quite as much as as I did at the, at the beginning. I I just feel like it's mostly used in a way that I think is misleading, 
which is yeah. that these companies are and are I, exploiting you, you. Yes. Right. That's the that's yeah, the yeah. way that people are using it is to say that these companies are exploiting you. Right. And I think the the thing that I would pull back on is maybe not exploiting. I think it's right. the statement is used to open to be like, look, pay and, attention. And so so right. So maybe there's an argument that in order to get people to recognize that there are multiple interests and multiple players in this market, you have to make a kind of shocking statement, and that is what this statement is. Yeah. And it serves that purpose of not being 100% accurate, but being shocking enough to get people to, th- to think to about To realize, stuff. like, what do you What do you get uh, out of realizing that? I, that's the thing I don't well, understand. Well, no, I, I, I think there is value in recognizing no, that, I that, agree, yeah. that, you know, Facebook and Google and Twitter and, uh, are all businesses, and they have interests, and occasionally those interests yeah. might not align with the interests of the user. I, I think I think people already know that though. I don't think so. I, I, yes and no, right? I mean, most people recognize that, but it, but they, you know, you get so invested in in what you're using the site for that you might not fully realize it, and that comes out every single time that that any of those sites make a change in how they work, and everyone freaks out because they're like, but but you change my thing, right? People sort of take a kind of ownership mentality over their feed, and completely reasonably so, actually. And so they make a change and people freak out and then everyone's like, oh, and then, then these statements come out like, oh, remember, you're just the product. And so they made this change because it's better for advertisers or whatever. And so uh, there is some use in, in getting people to think through that and recognize that if you are trusting somebody else's platform, you're trusting somebody else's platform and there may be competing interests involved. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a and fair so assessment. And yeah. so I, I agree with that statement. I I still hate the original <laughs> statement because I, I think it's misleading to the point that it's so condescending and so, yeah. um, I, I see that it, part. it suggests such a such, such right. like it, it pushes it, people it, towards. It paints a picture that says, "Look at these bad, big bad, evil corporations, and they're out to kind of screw you." Exactly. Which and, I don't think it's the case. Right. And and there may be companies that are out to screw you. And I think like it's fine to call out a company that is trying to screw you if they're trying to screw yeah. you. But this general idea that any company that provides something for free is going to screw you, right. I, I think is problematic. And not just problematic, but wrong. Yeah, I agree there. All right, podcast over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but to say that like any of these companies is leading me down the path towards a slaughterhouse, yeah. a little bit extreme. So. No, I just told you, they don't take you to the slaughterhouse, they take you to shave to the, the wolves. Well, are, I mean, does that make it any better? Yeah, it makes it a lot better. <laughs> the, the sheep actually like it after they've been shaved. Well, that's, ant- that's what they're they tell you. <laughs> they're being entertained. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I just, I mean, I, and maybe this is just the natural reaction that people have to like, you know, when some of these companies have have gotten really, really big, people just sort of react negatively and they worry about, you know, what happens when a company becomes big and they don't have to necessarily care about the direct interest of the users. But a little bit of a, like a a, a side topic, but it seems to me like it's, it's like a company like Google is loved, 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 loved. And then this, you almost reach a precipice. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, like the ground of love, the ET just kind of goes away, and then you're, the company's just sitting there flailing like wily e. coyote in the air and looking down, like what the? And then the reputation yeah. just kind of plunge. It's like, how does that happen? It's almost it happens like almost it feels like it yeah. happens overnight. I have to, I have to find this. Uh, I'm gonna try and find it. Type this as we uh, discuss this. But there, there was this, this. Um, oh, perfect! I did find it. I'm, 
great Google search in Mike's, the background. Mike's Google <laughs> food is, is strong. Google doesn't need this, any promotion uh, from me. Uh, this guy, uh, Aaron Zamost, I, and I've met him, and I apologize for I didn't pronounce his, his name correctly, but he's done PR for, for um, he was at YouTube and Google for a while, uh, and he's not there now. I forget which company he's at right now. But he uh, wrote this post on um, Medium a, a few months ago. Uh, pretty recently, where he talks about um, what he calls Silicon Valley time, and it's the way like the the your reputation like of of a successful tech company that goes through this reputation, and it's this sort of clock, and it like it's really kind of accurate. And you look at it, and there's like um, you know I'm not going to go through the whole clock. It's really good though if you do a search on on his name, and, and he he makes it a clock because he thinks it goes in a cycle. It, it goes, goes in a cycle, and he actually talks about it how like some companies like I think Google are like on their second or third round, mm-hmm. and so it's like you know at the beginning nobody cares about you, then you're sort of like a shiny new toy, and he talking you know, like some companies never get. You know, mm-hmm. some companies just die, but if you keep going, these things happen. You become a shiny new toy, then you're sort of an up, up and comer, and then at three o'clock, you're the industry disruptor, and everyone's paying attention to you. Uh, four o'clock, I'm, I'll go through the whole damn thing. <laughs> Hottest company in the valley. Uh, five o'clock is rapid expansion and growth, and uh, six o'clock is the greatest company in the world, right? And then at, it says, starting at 6.01, it becomes greatest company in the world, question mark. And it says, uh, and from there, it's choose your own adventure of negative storylines, failure to innovate, monetization problems, employee exodus, the dreaded privacy issues. Each company's turn around the clock is unique, but there are some common themes. And then 7 o'clock, hey, this product kind of sucks. 8 o'clock, they're never going to make any money. Uh, 9 o'clock is FUD. Uh, 10 o'clock, the company is a total mess. Uh, 11 o'clock, what are they doing with your data? (laughs) (laughs) And at 11.59 is worst company in the world. At 11.59, criticism becomes personal. You see a lot of boycott this company stories. Uh, People question your motives and impute your decisions with malice. You are are an evil, money-hungry company. Uh, and so he's like, today the worst company in the world is Uber. And so it says, they've built you up, they've torn you down, so now what? And then it says, it hits 12 o'clock again, and you have the rebirth. And it says, everyone loves a comeback, and you, you start the whole process again. And it, it's like, it's actually pretty accurate. You know, some, some companies I don't, I don't skip think you go certain through the, stages. But I, I don't think you repeat the same cycle after you've had the rebirth, though, right? Like, Microsoft is never going to go through... Even though they're having kind of a resurgence, I don't think they're going to go back through the whole I don't show. know if they, they, they get like re-successful, like yeah. as successful as before, they're going to go back through it. So Yeah, I think, I think it does. There are, you, you can see certain cycles where it repeats. And so I, I, I think it's, it's a valid sort of you know, hype cycle mm-hmm. that companies go through. And the company evil hype cycle. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think it, it works. <laughs> and I think that you know, to, to, some, to some extent, that's kind of, you know, that's part of what this is, right? And so when companies get big enough, and a lot of the companies that are getting really big are ones that offer free services, you know, they, they are on that, you know, the backside of the clock. Yeah. <laughs> Were you we, expecting something else? From us? <laughs> <laughs> I can start talking about alpacas and sheep. <laughs> no, I think, I think that's good. So uh, on that note... Uh, yeah, I mean, people get suspicious whenever something is offered for free. Yeah, and and I don't think that's necessarily a bad. No, it's not a bad thing to be suspicious, but right. it's not not evil either. Right, 
So. And if if you understand that uh, there's a valid trade-off and you think it's worth it, and many, yeah. obviously, you know, in some cases, billions of people think some of these trade-offs are, are worthwhile, yeah. then, you know, that doesn't necessarily make it evil. And again... But you guys don't feel that way if, it, if the thing that's being offered for free um, is the internet with some conditions. Wait, wait, wait. What? In other words, if the service being offered is like email or something like that, you guys are cool with it. But if it's... <clears throat> Internet access in the third world with certain streamlined services, you guys don't feel that <laughs> way, right? This uh? is this is that is a, a podcast discussion yeah, uh, for, yeah. for for, for a, a going down a different different road and discussing net neutrality and zero rating and stuff like that. But uh, I, I and I think your way of framing it is inaccurate. But we would take a whole nother episode yeah. to discuss it. <laughs> but maybe that's one that we can we can we can fight over for uh, next time. For next time, um, but. I, with that, does anyone have any final thoughts on this before we before we close it out? Mm-mm. And all of you people who are listening for free, don't think you're the product because we don't think you're the product. We think you're our... So we're sh- all the product. You we're, guys are the alpacas. The, the alpacas. <laughs> and we're going <laughs> to shave you? No, I don't, it just doesn't work. Make a lovely blanket. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we, 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 we like all of our alpaca listeners. <laughs> no. <laughs> We we hope you'll be back next week and you'll tell the other alpacas to to join you and listen. <laughs> I don't know. This analogy just doesn't work for me. It totally does. You guys are ruining it. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, thank uh, you very much for listening. We will be back next week. Uh, this has been the Tech Trip Podcast. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Grab a shovel and dig up the tack.